Can you do the intro? Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mean Girls Suck podcast. Uh, we are former mean girls who no longer suck. My name's Lakin. This is Ricky and our friend Beth. Hello. How are you today, Beth? Hanging in there. Yeah. Hanging in there. It's a Monday. Yeah. So you, you just do? watched us yeah. go through a plethora <laughs> of tech issues, so we appreciate yeah, right, you yeah. hanging out. <laughs> it happens every time, mm-hmm. so I think that's just part of it. To be fair, we do bypass um, a lot of the expensive equipment that would make our lives easier, but it's expensive. We're so. all broke today. Yeah. We were, yeah, we, yeah. Were, um, we were at Carrie Lee's party. Happy late birthday, Carrie Lee. Happy late birthday, Carrie Lee. And somebody was like, can't you record a podcast on your phone? And I was like, yeah, we could. Probably should after everything we've been through. <laughs> I mean, we sound better than anybody who records directly into their phone. So well, it's a learning curve for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do it's we, like how do se- we sound better? Is, how serious do you want to take yourself? Yeah, yeah. We we've always. I guess we do take ourselves Big really time. seriously. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, how do we meet? How did I meet you? Lots of mutual friends. Yeah, I or a met. Long line. So Beth is my friend, not Lincoln's. <laughs> um, <Are you? laughs> loser. I don't even know you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Never met you before. Loser. Um, Beth is my friend and my friend only. If I have one friend, it's Beth. Um, the one and only. Yeah, Beth is my only friend. Um, when you start dating Jordan? It'll be three years in October. Yeah. So math. I met, yes. I met Beth um, because around when I'm like college age, I used to like party a lot with her now partner. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, they started dating and then you were really cool and came around and I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is the best thing to happen to Jordan, but this is also the best thing to happen to me. Right. Yeah. I, I love like, when that cool happens. Friends. And it's not the one you have to hate. Yeah. My <laughs> favorite thing is when my guy friends date cool girls. Right. right. And when then you, I don't when even... they get like a really cool partner and you're like, oh, hell yeah. yeah I got right. a new friend. Bond. I, yeah. We can bond. I hang out with Beth way more than I hang out with Jordan. And Fair. now yeah. when I hang out with Jordan, Beth is always there. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is so much better. I just traded. Yeah. I upgraded. <laughs> We're a good team. It works. <laughs> they are. They have like a stupid, healthy relationship. How did you and Jordan meet? Um, through mutual. Well, he was friends with both of them. I met one of the girl, like the girl mm-hmm. at working at Victoria's Secret back in the day. Mm. And they we were both in their wedding and... Oh. The rest is history. That's so. cute. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah, but we like we were both in relationships and like things just never matched up at the same time. Right. So, but now we were both single after not the best right. <laughs> relationships. Yeah. So we're both kind of like you know trauma bonding and learning how to oh, be my healthy. God. Okay. Healthy relationship as much as we can. <laughs> same thing happened to me and Cody. We trauma bonded and then we had to unlearn our trauma bond and be like, oh, we're still yep. choosing to be together. Yeah. And that's really tough. Absolutely, because yeah. it you become more of like a support system for each other, but that's not necessarily the best part right yeah you need to be, yeah. make sure that's healthy as well too exactly yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, i totally understand how that goes then you're like okay we, we can heal together yeah. we don't have to be apart to heal like learning how to communicate together but also with you know family and friends that may have right. been ostracized during those relationships and things mm-hmm. right. yeah definitely yeah therapy also helps so <laughs> shout out therapy <laughs> right yeah i think uh i think jordan was um very I, th- I think you guys found each other kind of like at the perfect time mm-hmm. because you guys both came and it's, it's funny because normally when people come into those relationships and they both have had like really terrible past experiences, mm-hmm. um, they end up having a really terrible relationship. But like Beth and Jordan are like the few that were like, no, 
we're going to come together and we're going to do great together. Yeah. Right? You know, like we're, we're actually going to do the things that we're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. Like in these situations, which is great. <laughs> well, I think like both partners also like need to have the want to move that direction. Cause I, I've been with people who I was trying to get better and they, it was too uncomfortable for them to mm-hmm. like work on themselves and it's like live outside of our, yeah, yeah. Live outside of the dynamics. So then it just didn't work out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think coming back from, like, you know, emotional abuse and things like that and learning how to have that self-esteem with each other again Mm -hmm. and also setting healthy boundaries on what is a good relationship and when you're out and about with other people and things like that is really hard to recreate, but... Which brings us I know, like, so, perfect segue. (laughs) We should talk about boundaries and what they are and what they are not. (laughs) I I wanted to talk about this so bad. Um, I did, we did, I just found out about it today, but it's been going on for a couple days. You just found out about it today? Yeah. Oh. I've been working on the magazine and the podcast for <laughs> a three rock days. you've I, been living under. I've, oh. no, I've been watching Love Island. Oh, Fair. Honestly, Naturally. I've been watching yeah. Love Island. It's acceptable. Rock. Um, no, the, so for context, I guess everybody knows. Actually, I don't even want to explain it. Go look up what Jonah Hill did and then pause and then come back to this podcast. So, um. But a short synopsis or a reminder, because this won't come out for about two weeks. Um, he, <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll be, like, probably already over by the time come this out comes out. Of, yeah. today, it'll be great. We're, so today <laughs> is, what, July, July 10th? 10th. Um, we, he hasn't said anything, but we're, like, the text messages that were released between him and his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it downstairs, and we were talking about, like, boundaries, and my hot take on it was that... I thought that he, the way that I perceived it, and I think everybody has a lot to learn from this situation. I think it's a, I think it's like people are memeing it and making jokes and stuff. And they're like typecasting him, telling you he's canceled and all this stuff, which like, I I never believed in like canceling somebody. Cancel culture doesn't exist and it doesn't work. Because people are talking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not canceled. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't exist to me either. Like, I think it's dumb to like cancel people. Do I not acknowledge certain people? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I think definitely, like, cancel culture should be maybe reformed so it works. It I mean, just this doesn't is a work. way to learn. Yeah. yeah. Definitely learning I, from this, for I, sure. Yeah. I don't support, like, bashing Jonah Hill. Like, I don't support, like, calling him names or making fun of him like a lot of people have. And I do think that the behavior stemmed from, like, narcissism. I do believe that. However, I was telling you guys downstairs, we talked about it a little bit before, but I believe that all of the, the main thing was the list. The list that he set his over his text boundaries message. that he yeah. was setting for his own relationship. Yeah, and I we were talking like boundaries have been so like the definition boundaries. has changed of them so much, and I think the biggest takeaway from this is that people don't understand that boundaries are not for other people; they're for yourself. You don't get to set boundaries for other people, mm-hmm. right? You get to make them yourself, and if people don't respect them, then you address that with them mm-hmm. through confrontation right. a healthy confrontation right. mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work then it's gone like then or you have to go to therapy or fucking work it out with somebody else yeah you can't because he is in therapy and that's kind of where you know, right he i think he, he gained he, some leeway yeah he learned yeah. this talk then he then he used this therapy speak to then try and manipulate his then yeah. girlfriend which is just dangerous yep. yeah. you shouldn't give men this like i saw a very like funny tweet that was like i think all men in therapy should have a um like a parent teacher conference type of situation where your real friends come in and say how you actually act outside of therapy versus what you tell your therapist. I mean, joint therapy and that kind of like, you know, if you have a therapist 
usually if you ask, they'll be like, well, I can do a session with you and them. And yeah. I think that's incredibly healthy to do. My yeah, therapist has people that I don't want to name drop on this podcast, but the first person that you guys think of my therapist mm-hmm. is ask them to come on to a session with me. Um, yeah. But like, it's, it's one of the, it's just like, I feel that, what was, do you guys remember when all the, those documentaries were coming out? Well, I don't even want to call them documentaries. Everybody was talking about Shane Dawson and Jake, when he made that documentary on Jake Paul, if he was a sociopath or not. Yes. But do you remember, this reminds me of that, when they said that when a sociopath goes to therapy, they're worse. Yeah. Well, they learn. Yeah, they learn. They learn. <laughs> they're smart people, they usually. Learn, and that's what this, I'm not saying that that's what happened, but that's what this is That's what I'm saying that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. say it, for sure. I mean, sure. this needed cognitive therapy that I think that it was more of like, he was probably just getting therapy where he's talking about his feelings versus like yeah. cognitive mm-hmm. emotional change, especially CBT if you're dealing with- what I did, cognitive yeah. behavioral mm-hmm. therapy, mm-hmm. which is why, like, I mean, I still make mistakes and stuff, but I'm proud to say, like, yeah. that's what this podcast is built on is that I'm not a piece of shit anymore. <laughs> right. I think, um, I, I think I, I'm having a hard time with the men being like, well then how do you want us to set boundaries? Like, well, at least we're seeking therapy. You have healthy conversations and you Well, also like, there should be no, like, I understand there's rules in a relationship, especially a monogamous one, but they shouldn't be considered rules. Like they should be things that you do to respect your partner and you have to get to know somebody to understand that respect. But if it's communicated in a poor way, it's going to come across as rules and control. Yeah, I mean, I think just thinking of them and rules in general is comes with some form of like chain. I need to, to do it, this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I need to do you're this. required, or I'll be punished. And what yeah. did I? What did I say? You said something about getting in trouble. Oh, moving that pillow helps so much. <laughs> you said something about getting in trouble when your partner confronts you and you feel like you're in trouble. Because of the power imbalance, it feels like a parent-child relationship. That means that there's relationship. a power imbalance Absolutely. there. Because, mm-hmm. like, the thing is, guys will always complain about, like, oh, my girlfriend acts like my mom. And I'm like, do you treat her like your mom? Right. <laughs> do you act like you need That's to tiptoe point. around her and keep things from her? Because what are you supposed to do with your partner? You're supposed to share everything. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to share your life with that person. What do you do with your parents? You hide shit you don't want them to know about. Right. So I if think you that treat could be your, yeah, tough, you, though, too. Because, like, I think if you have a good relationship, you don't necessarily feel the need to share everything because the to. stuff that you're keeping to yourself is maybe for you and yourself alone. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody should have their own personal secrets about whatever you want to do. Yeah, having so, okay, so like, like yeah, yeah. That, you know? there's the. the I guess that was a bad way to put it, but like you keep stuff from your parents you don't want them to no, know. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. You don't like, like you don't want to feel, you don't even want to tell them because you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So you keep it instead. So that's how people treat their damn girlfriends. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. literally treat their girlfriends like their mom. They're like, oh, don't tell so and so that. Right. Or else I'm going to get in trouble. And I'm yeah. like, I, yeah. if my partner said that about me, I'm going to get in trouble. I <laughs> yeah. would flip my. That's like, I hate the ball and chain talk. I hate that. I think oh my God. God. It's not cool chain. to hate your wife. It's not cool to hate your girlfriend. Well, and girls like, do it too to themselves. And I think that's mm-hmm. like that internalized misogyny that we carry with us. That uh, women just, literally just really make them. Oh yeah. Women. I watched a great video on uh, it. was like a 30 minute long video on how to stop mothering your partner. Ugh. It's a beautiful video. Well, it's and it's so like good. a natural thing that women do in general. Like, mm-hmm. I think they call it like second shift or that emotional labor, mm-hmm. labor that we're doing that. We don't need to be doing yeah yeah and like a lot of the time we don't know we're doing it the partner doesn't know we're doing it but right yeah, yeah. it just ha- it's like a circumstance of things mm-hmm. and then part of it she was saying like recognize when you're doing it and just let them make their own mistakes and learn from yep. it like if it's not going to cause like a detrimental like thing to your mm-hmm. life like 
let them forget to take out the trash. Yep. They'll probably remember next week when the trash is piled up. Yeah, you know, I think like it probably goes back to gender roles and control mm-hmm. and like the old fashioned like mom and dad gender roles. I feel like when people like I notice this a lot. This doesn't, I don't think this happens a lot in younger relationships, but when you're older and you're still dating in your thirties or if you're in a long-term relationship, that's when I notice it because like you start to become like adults, you start to get that like traditional gender role mom and dad feel. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like Mm -hmm. people project like their fathers onto their boyfriends or their mothers (laughs) onto their girlfriends. Yeah. 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 And like, and then you have to take like the mental health aspect into it. It's like, okay, I have mental health issues and I'm delusional and I have to figure this shit out. Right. And I don't have a good sense of self. And then you blame your partner for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where all of these issues stem from. And I, it's a matter of like narcissism and control. Mm-hmm. And it's that men want to control women and then women want to quietly control men. Yeah. And it's a constant battle over who's in power. And people have such a hard time. I feel like mainly in heterosexual relationships, sure. I don't see this a lot. I see, I see this with, like, the young lesbians on TikTok, but, like, they're young nuts. Young lesbians on TikTok are fucking they're, crazy. No, my, my therapist calls them baby gays. Yeah. Baby gays. Yeah. But it, I see it in baby gays and straights. Yeah. Yeah. And so, right. and, like, usually in cis heteronormative relationships is where I see it is this weird power imbalance of, like, gender roles and, like, being like, oh, you don't respect me because of this. These are my boundaries. And, like, I just want to reiterate that boundaries are something that you set for yourself and right. that other people should respect willingly, mm-hmm. but a unreasonable boundary is allowed to be rejected. Right. Yeah. I think also, like, I think, you know, a pretty normal and reasonable boundary is I don't want you hanging out with your ex alone while we're dating. That seems normal, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and some people think that's crazy. But everybody's different. But, but that's Jonah Hill, normal. That's normal. But yeah. Jonah Hill was trying to keep her from her coworkers. He was yeah. trying to stop her from doing her job. He was saying, yeah. I don't like when you post pics in a bikini. She's a surfer. He said, I don't right. like when you surf with men. Like, this is She's a surfer. Job. She has yeah. coworkers. Yeah. I, learned, I learned a lot just by thinking about this today. Like, I think that everybody can take value from this. Mm-hmm. So what I did is almost like a little therapy exercise for myself and like practicing and expressing, expressing boundaries because I don't thankfully thank god don't really deal with this and Mm -hmm. never really have but i all my i see so many of my girlfriends and my boyfriends do um but like i if i was jonah hill i I was like rehearsing this i was like okay how (laughs) could this i was like let's have empathy i was like let's not just write him off i said how could jonah hill express his boundary and i was like talking to myself i was doing it i was like he would sit down in person. I hate that this is over text message too. Yeah. That, I mean, that was bullshit. Well, it's because he didn't want to be called out. Yeah. Right. I mean, as the yeah. narcissist cowards, does. Yeah. Cowards text their boundaries. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. this fucking title of this podcast mm-hmm. is going to be right. called. <laughs> cowards text their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, he should have sat down with her in person and had like a full adult conversation, just them and been like, hey, like, can I talk to you about something? And just express like, I have insecurities about the way that you look. And I dealt with this personal insecurity by dating somebody that's way hotter than I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, that's how I related to it. And that's yeah. why I had a little bit of sympathy for him because right. I dealt with that internally really hard when I was younger. Not so much anymore because I'm hot now. <laughs> but like when I was younger, I used to get super insecure about it. I'd be like, why does he want to date me? He's so hot. And that's, and like, again, we talked about it. There's also some narcissism there, some unhealthy behavior. But if he was a nice, normal person, the way to express is be like, I have deep insecurities because of the way that you look, you're conventionally attractive. 
And I understand that it's your job, but the photos that you post on Instagram and don't call them provocative, say, I perceive them as provocative. I perceive them that way. And that triggers something internally for me where I think that people will pursue you romantically online. And I'm worried that you will step outside of my relationship if given the opportunity. That's an insecurity and a negative thought that I have. I need to work on it. It's not your responsibility. And just express that to her. And her responsibility, in my opinion, and every relationship is different, is to only be conscious of it and be communicative with him about it and support him through healing that part of himself because it comes from her. But he's manipulating that into a position of control over her. And he's like, no, you're just not going to hang out with men. You're not going to post pictures of that online. Instead of coming to like a healthy compromise for both of them. And people are like, you should never have sacrifices in a relationship. It should always be easy. No, you have to make sacrifices. You have to make compromises. She should not sacrifice her career. She should not sacrifice her, comp- her like passions. But he needs to come to a compromise with her where they can work out, not even like an agreement, but just a way to communicate healthy about it so he can heal from whatever's triggering that, him though. to be upset he about. He also, he, he did say at the end of one of the text messages, um... He was like, I'm out if you can't do this. Yeah, he was like, it's cool if you want to live your life that way, but I'm out. So the the, yeah. the blame's being, put on her, though. The blame's put on her, yeah. and he's not even willing to yeah. have a conversation. If he right. can't hold accountability, because like everything I just said, that's me being like, hey, this is my issue. Right. This is my problem that I need to figure out. And he's too narcissistic to come up. And misogynist. Like yeah. That. And I think oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. very And he's like shitting on yeah. her because he thinks he can control it. Yeah, this is... If, if Jonah Hill was healthy and this came from a healthy perspective, that's how I would put it out. Like, if I was in this position and if I was him and I was a nice, normal person who did a lot of healing and I still had that insecurity, that is just how I would present it and go about it. Because I do feel like... I think in relationships, the secret is to let the little things go. If this was digging at my side and I was super insecure about my girlfriend's job or Instagram presence... I would definitely communicate that with her, but I would do it in a healthy way in which I could heal because it's coming from a place of hurt and trauma on my end. I'm worried though, because like his vernacular and the, and like, you know, the subtle manipulation that he was using his therapy speech to do that. I don't think that at this point, at least he is capable of approaching, approaching the way that you had mentioned in a healthy way. Yeah. Like it would come off as manipulative. I hope we can hypothetically talk about what he should have done or what he could do all day, but this is, the evidence of what he has done. I just, I hope that like, because the only reason I brought that up, I was like, what you should do mm-hmm. is because people are defending Jonah. He'll be like, well, right. I wouldn't want my girlfriend to do that either. Well, and I'm like, well, here's a healthy conversation. Own, that's mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a healthy conversation. That is a personal problem. <laughs> you, that's a healthy conversation or a way that you can have with your partner. You're mm-hmm. supposed, you're supposed to talk about your insecurities. You're supposed to talk about these things. And if you have a healthy relationship with your partner, it's not going to be a conflict. It's well, not, they're like, going to care about therapy. you. Yeah. And couples like, therapy. Yeah. They're going to be like, okay, like let's go to therapy. Let's talk yeah. this out. Let's mm-hmm. figure it out. Let's figure out how to secure like our relationship and be healthier. Mm-hmm. Because if something really is digging at your side and it's really fucking bothering you, like I always say, let the little shit go. Like, Oh, they didn't do the dishes. Mm-hmm. It's part of yeah. my boundaries that you need to do the fucking dishes. No, I'm going to be like, like, hey, it's, like, really hard when I come home from work and there's, like, fucking, not even say it like that, but be like, hey, like, sometimes when I come home from work and there's dishes out. It's overwhelming. It's, it's really overwhelming mm-hmm. for me. And it's me. Like, people, like, put their problems, like, a problem that somebody else does, you have to be like, it's me. This is how I feel about it. 
do you right. mind like helping me feel better about this or helping me out with this right and like being a good partner to me and working with me on this because they yeah. also have to have that initiative on their end mm-hmm. to want to help you with your insecurities and I think having like especially being in the neurodivergent community and being mm-hmm. ADHD I think it's been really helpful for me to express just exactly with sometimes words sometimes showing how it makes me feel like physically like you know thankfully jordan bless him his mm-hmm. love language is acts of service oh amazing <laughs> amazing so, but like if something's not done like you know it's rare because he's always cleaning things but like if something happens and i feel weird like you know i show him how it physically makes me feel on the inside like when things aren't like that or when mm-hmm. you know when i can't find something like and showing that and expressing how you're actually feeling is like oh yeah. Okay, you're not just like a mad visual aid. This type is of why thing. you're feeling this way. This is how it makes you feel. Exactly. You have to tell people how you feel. That's the whole fucking point of dating somebody. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Talking about your feelings. Right. Yeah. Also, I think it's important to like I this is something that I've been doing because I have a I am for sure one of those people where if I'm having a hard time, I'm not good with my words and mm-hmm. I almost seem like I'm blaming yeah. Cody for something. It, and, it's timing and verbiage. Well, is what I had to be to. like, I'm not attacking your character. It's just these particular mm-hmm. actions are making me feel this way. I know you're not malicious. And that actually got my point across like much better right. than anything previous had. And I think that like the biggest thing I think we can learn from this Jonah Hill thing is like the mental health fad for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like I think right now with it coming out, like everybody needs to sing- seek mental health mm-hmm. care. And you know, I think that that's fantastic and is doing a lot of I good hate for all the buzzwords, <laughs> buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like when you think of it, it's like, it does help a lot of people for, you know, especially with men and normalizing therapy for men, mm-hmm. but like in any fad or any like rise in popularity or something, you're going to see the consequences of that. And that's yeah, definitely, I think that's, what we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah for sure. Jonah I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not here defending Jonah Hill or anything. No. I definitely think that, that was an abusive situation but what happens is it just like kind of stockpiles like Mm -hmm. that you have to think like he didn't start acting that way probably like right off the bat he probably slowly over time manipulated her and belittled her into a point of control remember because she was deleting photos she was doing Mm -hmm. what he was telling him to Mm -hmm. because he put himself in a position of power over her by using all of the the things that he was probably learning in therapy right to manipulate her and that's what happens when like like the wrong people go to therapy or people take advantage of therapy and from three or well, they have, three people have a therapist who, that calls them on their bullshit yeah you need a yeah. therapist because like you know there are certain you know i'll recommend therapy for people but i'm like they need a therapist that's going to call them out right hold them accountable and, and not, not be like, their bff how does that make you feel right which is yeah. great and all yeah but there are different personality types that need different kind of therapy and i think he probably wasn't being held accountable for everything mine was yeah. always a friend so the best therapist i ever had treated me like a homie that would just kind of listen to me <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. because I tend to almost solve my own problems like right. by saying them out loud which is good yeah. I mean self-led therapy is helpful yeah, like too little, yeah little like like I have to still like do a lot of like CBT stuff mm-hmm. like for like like ADHD and trauma and stuff like that because I like have pretty bad PTSD but like yeah. um I like I, I still have to deal with that, but like like on what if if I have like a small problem that I think I could talk out, I usually call like Lake and or Carolee, mm. and I just bitch about it for about like twenty <laughs> minutes, and they do the same for me. Like right. they'll call me and yeah. they'll just and like just talking about it, inventing it to somebody that you trust, is like fine. But I think a lot of people don't have people that they trust in their lives. I doubt that Jonah Hill has somebody that he can call and bitch to about stuff that he generally trusts that won't run their mouth about it. Yeah. And that will listen to him and offer him good advice because I can tell you that I'm in the most mentally sound place that I've been in a long time because I have people that I love and trust in my life 
that I can talk to yeah. about my bullshit. Absolutely. I mean, though, think about like serial killers that only talk about themselves. They're not solving their own problems. Right. They're making themselves feel better. Yeah. So like, I think yeah. there's people in the world that like don't that do that. I not a normal person. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I keep seeing, I keep there's giving, people that aren't yeah. like us who are like yeah. trustworthy to themselves. Like there are people that are like, they'll talk themselves through it and be like, no, I was right. For yeah, sure. Yeah. I was no. right. Yeah. yeah. That's what's like, yeah, you, you need, need a therapist that calls well, you, you out on your shit. You tell me that I'm wrong all the time. I mean, you just did like downstairs because like sometimes you get delusional and when you talk in circles. <laughs> I don't think I use those words particularly. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear that. Like, oh, no. Well, when, no, like when, I'm talking things. about myself. Like sometimes when I get delusional, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 you're right. And you're like, you may not. I don't think so. But you I also yeah. have like an outside like, perspective. I, all I'm really offering ever is just my perspective because I'm. Which is important. That's the whole point of human connection. Yeah. Definitely. is to learn about sure. like different perspectives and everything and but oh well, I was gonna say just coming from like three people who like have done work in therapy mm-hmm. and have given their best effort like I was like I really want to talk yeah, about don't that be, one with you guys don't be Jonah Hill right <laughs> I keep <laughs> yeah there. I took the I tried to look at the Jonah Hill thing as a learning opportunity and I've been trying to do that with almost like cancel culture like yeah when when bad relationships are getting exposed in the media is i guess what i'd like to call it mm-hmm. and um people are like throwing around the word like narcissist and diagnosing people and stuff like that and i'm like we can do that but we definitely need to have like an open conversation about it before we like throw like labels on it and i think that anything is put out there in the world for us to learn from it well people i don't can know learn. what was her intention don't on let releasing everything people. did we see it did she just do it because it's like a warning Freedom? or like? <laughs> yeah, Freedom? I mean, maybe yeah. something just pushed her over the I edge. had a minor, you know. Because he's having a kid or he just had a kid. Maybe. He had a kid? Yeah. Because this was like 2020, I think. This is And I think now he's like married and shit. I don't know. Oh. I haven't done He's married that and has a kid now. I did not realize but like that. after my like stint with a emotionally abusive person and like watch this, it'll get back to them and like they'll mm. call me out like they think they should. Um, <laughs> Talking about it's free. But like I posted, um, it was, you know, several years after, maybe a year or two after things had happened and it, and you know, I posted a picture of myself saying like, look how far I'm so happy of how far I've come and how great therapy has been for me. You know, I wish I would have gotten more pictures of myself at this time um but alas abusive relationships and then they were instantly jumping down my throat about it right but it's like for me this was a moment of like owning what I went through and like being open about it and I think that that you know is probably her just taking back a lot of maybe she's using it as like Mm -hmm. a teaching moment to be like she probably felt powerless in all of that and then Mm -hmm. using I mean finally coming out and it's like People are like, how could you do this? This could ruin somebody. It's like, then don't treat me like shit. Right. That's like, your that's own, true. You're owning your yeah. own truth. And that it's like. Was, <laughs> the point of this whole podcast was for us to talk about all the shit that we've been through mm-hmm. and to talk to our friends mm-hmm. about it and stuff. And even just through like this podcast has been like really, it's been really good. Like for both of us, I think. Yeah, um, I would, I would say so. And like, there's been a couple of people that have gotten mad about being like mentioned on it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah we have a chronic yeah. listener that just waits for me to, to nice. drop them, na- drop their name. I will not be doing that anymore, but I know you're listening. <laughs> I know yeah, you we are. Don't we don't, we, we avoid like name drops and stuff, but we sure. do talk about, we talk about things that other people have done to us, but we're allowed to because they happened to us. So that's part of our story. Yeah. that That's like, if you as don't want me to talk lying. about the shitty things you did, don't do yeah. shitty things and to me. Usually I didn't to lie. forgive you in like our own therapy and moving on and growing. Yeah. Because forgiveness and I, is not for them. I can tell you it's one thing. <laughs> Preach. The, the, Lincoln knows this. I am a fucking honest person. I don't lie on anyone. You know why? 
because I'm not that creative. I, I can't. It takes a lot of effort. I do not make up stories about people. I don't lie on people because I couldn't even come up with shit. There's this, there, there's, this happened last week. I found out a lie that somebody told about somebody and I called. Do I know this? Yeah, I'll tell you later, but I called, I called my friends. I instantly want to know. I called one of my friends and I was like, I couldn't even fucking come up with that. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I, and we were talking about like lying about people and rumors and stuff like that. And I was like, I find it so fucking jarring when I find out that somebody was lying about somebody because I'm like, why, why? Yeah. I don't even get it. And it's just like, comes down to like power manipulation and everything. And I was just like, I get so thrown by it. And I have such an emotional reaction to gossip and rumors and lying Mm -hmm. because I'm not capable of it. Like, I wish I could lie. The ADHD like, impulsivity will not allow us. They won't, yeah. No, no, I can't. Like, I literally, like, like, oh, yeah, shit, I lied about that earlier. Fuck. Oh, there's my been, God. And now yeah. they have to remember no. your lie and try and keep up the story. Right. There's been shit that I've, like, like, not that I lied about to protect myself, but, like, shit that mm. I've had to, like, keep and, like, pretend that everything was normal or, like, be, like, Somebody will tell me something and then I'll have to pretend that everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, or like, I'll have to tell a different story than what actually happened to protect a friend. And yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah, I fuck. used to, I used to be a liar. I was in a good one. I'm a terrible liar, but I'm I, used, an awful I liar. used to be, especially like in high school, yeah. like middle school, high school. I think that's just like, I don't know, whatever fucked up shit was going on inside my head. I lied about <laughs> everything. And then I yeah. would tell myself, I'm going to stop lying today. And then I'd and lie some more. I, just, I, can't even, I can't even fucking think <laughs> of something to make up. Like, I'm not even that smart. I'm too stupid to lie. Yeah. You, you guys, you have no fear with me because I'm a dumb person. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, just like also the follow up to lies and mm-hmm. trying to keep everything together. Like, it's always found out eventually, yep. you know, it's not worth your time. And like, I always, I never, I don't think I lied about anything like substantial, but I always lied about stupid shit that I was Come like, back to bite you. It's, yeah it made no sense yeah. everybody was always like why did you say that i'd be like i don't know i guess i just didn't it was i don't know pointless maybe yeah. i should talk to a therapist about that yeah. that i used to be a liar because i'm a really bad now. one now so yeah. i think i think i would make up stories as a kid sometimes just to be interesting but they were obviously made up like yeah they're like yeah like, like little yeah. kid made up stories yeah like I, I i used to do that all the time but i think i was just an only child and i was bored right i had a friend in kindergarten um that told me i was i came home and i was so pissed off because she said she had a stretch limo with a hot tub in the back and Probably. i was so upset because i wanted a stretch limo with a hot tub in the back well, and then you lie hard enough yeah. you do <laughs> and she like she something was off with her she did mention in passing one time that she was in her parents bed while they were having um sex and in my five-year-old brain i was like uh, I, I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah i was like that sounds really bad though like right. i don't maybe that maybe she planted the seed of lying i don't mm-hmm. know i remember being so upset about that yeah and we like, can blame her it's yeah <laughs> fuck that girl she's <laughs> probably still lying well, I, guess, I guess going back to like about like childhood stuff i guess that's another good one mm. we do want to talk about your little adhd thing that yeah you sure to. let's we talk all about neurodivergency let's yeah talk about, right let's talk about your little adhd thing mm-hmm. right <laughs> i mean yes so with hi how- i'm beth i have adhd <laughs> when uh, did you get diagnosed yeah when did you get diagnosed um i was lucky and was able to get diagnosed at 12 oh okay. um, my mom still at this point says like yeah, like let's hope my dad doesn't find this podcast because i'm trying to create healthy boundaries with my father at this point uh-huh not that he knows that but um <laughs> he will know if he right, hears this I know, like he'll never know um but um my mom always says like you would have been diagnosed so much earlier if i you know 
had the support from my dad, but I was right. Quote, you're not, you're not, you don't have ADHD. You're just lazy. Most uh, of my life I was, you know, exposed to that kind of idea of what mental health is and mm-hmm. mental illness and things. But like my mom will tell the story of where like, she's like, I could put you on a blanket in the grass and knew you wouldn't leave the blanket because your sensory issues of the grass would never let that happen. So red flag. Yeah. Hello mother. <laughs> yeah. 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 People like people have a hard time differentiating like, Oh, that's a quirk or there might be a neurological yeah. issue because it's pretty normal to want to play in grass. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, like second grade, my uh, teacher told my mom at a conference that Beth will never get anywhere if she can't sit down and do her work. And my mom's like, well, what is she doing? She's like, she's standing. She's like, then fucking let her stand. Right. Like, like if who she cares? gets her work done. <laughs> so I was talking to a right. client about that. I was like, because we were talking about neurodivergency. Um, it was a family friend who I'd never didn't know that well. And she asked me about my ADHD and I was like, there's nothing wrong with being neurodivergent. There's nothing necessarily wrong with you. It's just the issue is the complications that come to fitting in a world that's yes. not built for you. Right. And the standards that neurotypical people follow. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. You just think differently. And right. it's not in a negative way. It's just you have to do stuff with a couple extra steps in order to be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the issues, they're pegged as issues that present is because we mask our entire lives and we're supposed to fit right. in like sitting down. Well, and like, while you're working, like, and it was, we were just talking about how we oh, all yeah. need sitting, right? Rather <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna stand. be moving a lot. I have yeah, my fidgets yeah. here, right? <laughs> but my mom was lucky because the psychologist or whoever we went to when I was 12, they were like, so it's pretty much proven at this point that ADHD is incredibly genetic. Um, they say I think now it's as genetic as height. Mm-hmm. So um, my mom got diagnosed at the same time. So we were both oh. diagnosed and kind of had like a trauma bonding moment, and we were both getting Lincoln's diagnosed. Lincoln's mom is uh, diagnosed as well. Heck she yeah. got diagnosed super late in life, and then she's like, "You should probably yep go yep. get checked." And I'm like, so, yeah. "Okay, cool." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I had it first, and then my mom had it." So we were able to kind of bond on that and like learning way to ways to clean our house and how to study and like you know that's really great. Mm-hmm. It really I was. love that. We that's had, like work awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, so lucky to have that, such a good, like, supportive experience. Right. Well, my mom went through a very, very emotionally, mentally, physically abusive relationship with my ex-stepdad. Fuck him, he's dead. Um, oh, so, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, very physically abusive he relationship, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, my R. dad R. was also... Rest not, in piss. Right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. R.I.P. stands for rest in piss. Rest no, in I mean, piss. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, you know, and, and there was definitely emotional abuse from my dad, so she was doing a lot of therapy anyways. Right. So that really helped. And, you know, my mom has told me since I was, you know, you know, school was never great for me. It was never easy. But she's like... It's not about being good at school or getting good grades. It's not that you're not smart. You just have to learn to play the game. Mm. Because, like you said, it's not built for you. And, like... I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that now it there's a lot more acceptance with neurodivergency and everything. Yeah. Um. I I have a client who's college aged and they she has an IEP. Um. She's autistic. Mm-hmm. And she I the thing is I've been doing her for two years. She just was comfortable enough to tell me mm-hmm. her that she's actually autistic because she talked about having an IEP. Mm-hmm. I never asked her like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Are you slow? Yeah. <laughs> like no one ever says, wow, I'm surprised you have ADHD. What? Yeah. Like, I have right. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should. When I got diagnosed, it's always like that makes sense. Yeah. Literally, yeah, when we I got know. diagnosed, well, I told like and she had ADHD, which I never diagnosed people, right. but I was so ex- she's like, yeah, I'm seeing a doctor for my anxiety, and I kind of kept it in, and You're I remember like, one day I was like, you have ADHD, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. Yeah, my mom was telling me for like a couple yeah. years, and then I, you were the first person that made me realize it's pretty easy if you seek out the right yeah. type of doctor yeah. to get yeah. diagnosed. If you, if, you, if you go about the right way, but oh, anyway, my client, she's autistic. <laughs> 
just now told me that she's autistic. And then she was telling me that when she, in class, they, like, in the college that she's at, it's the local one, she, um, they have a um, testing center mm-hmm. in the library specifically for neurodivergent people who can mm. test with an aid. Um, so they give you an assistant, a teacher, to test with you to help with anxiety or to help with focusing. Mm-hmm. So they'll keep read you focused the on it. They will read you the questions and walk you through the test. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an... They didn't do shit like that when I no, was No, I remember um, sitting down at the table because I, like, I had... I was having a terrible time with my math homework. Mm. I was having like a meltdown and I had to sit at the table and chew on a binky, my little sister's binky and get it done because I like couldn't sit still and like figure it out. And actually I just now thought about that. So yeah, makes sense. (laughs) Doesn't it? It Podcasts are great. It makes me so happy that they go through the lengths that they do now that they literally have a center in the library. It's a quiet room. An aide will come in with you, read you the test, answer any questions you have, like not like, like they'll clarify words because it, helps with dyslexic people too mm-hmm. stuff like that but that's awesome that your mom like oh yeah that's yeah. such a cool thing did i mean you... so what'd you guys do yeah like well, i mean go ahead uh, did you feel any sense of like relief after you were dying because like being 12 <laughs> i feel like that's such a pivotal moment Mi- yeah, like middle school is middle school sucks yeah i mean was it was there a lot of information about it like did you even know like really so it was still back when it was add versus mm-hmm. adhd so they said i had add and conditional h so I'm only occasionally hyperactive. That sounds like that's a, a weird good band name. Conditional that's a good, that's a good band name. Conditional yeah. age. But it's weird for so like you know most women are diagnosed like we're typically just ADD because they're in the inattentive type. Mm-hmm. Well, I am combined type, so I that's where the conditional age comes in. Um, so I think that they did that because it was still kind of very gendered on who got mm-hmm. diagnosed you as what. Your Instagram name the conditional age. Conditional <laughs> right? age. I should. <laughs> so cool. Right. No, absolutely. But I mean. It was fine, I think, you know, because then we quickly, as to as an ADHD parent and child can do, <laughs> actually going to the doctor and getting things done, mm-hmm. getting medication, and I like, I've been, on, I've done Adderall, Ritalin, Concerta. I like tried Vyvanse, which preach for Vyvanse if it weren't three hundred dollars a vial. Oh Anyways. my <laughs> yeah. god! The generic Vyvanse is like. Oh, it's the godsend. It's like the cocaine of... Yeah. Oh, it's also yeah. an anti-anxiety. Like good shit. <laughs> yeah, but the patent expires August 1st, so the generic will be coming out. Nice. Stay tuned. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very Let's unmedicated all try it together. Yeah. Oh, I love it. My mom has a seizure disorder, and she got on a new medication, and she's like, hey, I have all this, sh- this shit. Do you want to try it? Literally <gasps> the biggest godsend I've ever really? experienced. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the couple times where I've taken Vyvanse, it made me depressed, but I think it's because I was coming off of Adderall. I took it when I was out of Adderall. Yeah. I, um, if I had a proper I adjustment Adderall. period to Vyvanse, I think I would like it because I deal with anxiety with um, my CPTSD, which I hate saying that. Why do I have to have a <laughs> mental a disorder that's fucking five letters? You know, that's <laughs> actually like... really common, though. Childhood trauma and CPTSD from that is um, greatly linked to ADHD diagnosis mm-hmm. in adults. Yeah, I have I, I me and like I, ten thousand other people. I know. I thought friends. that was really interesting, though, that like it like almost develops over time because of those yeah. situations. Yeah, yeah. even if, if you don't well, have ADHD, if, if you get, right. if you get, get symptoms, mm-hmm. if you get undiagnosed or ADHD, and you have abusive parents, mm-hmm. and you do shit that ADHD kids do, and instead of them recognizing it as a neurological disorder, they hit you. 
Like right. That. No, but what I'm saying is there's like <laughs> yeah. there's studies coming out that there's a direct link to childhood trauma and CPTSD giving you the symptoms yep. of ADHD. Oh yeah, worsening them. That's why that or even worsening it, them, yeah. just that's, giving them to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that because that's why I was misdiagnosed with an anxiety disorder for mm-hmm. so long because they they were like, oh, you don't have ADHD, your life just sucks, and <laughs> you have anxiety. You just like it. weren't given a chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like you know was abused because of shit I did because I it was a perfect cocktail of bullshit. Quit interrupting. I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, quit interrupting. Yeah. Stop being weird. I literally can't help it. Yeah. Stop I being... wish I could. It's fucking terrible. So what was high school like for you? Did you? So what medication did you take? I hated like, Adderall. High school? You didn't like Adderall? No, I was like homicidal. Because we've talked. I'm, having, oh, I was I'm angry having a hard all time, the time with Adderall right now. Yeah, my mom had to tell my doctor I was kidding when I said that. Um, but it just <laughs> made me joking. incredibly angry. That I is got, not homicidal. Right? <laughs> I got the cold sweats, the yawns, the lack of appetite. I, I sweat just had, like hell. I had yeah. every negative thing you could ever imagine and you know there is that idea of like oh i don't want to be medicated because i don't want to change who i am i don't want to be as zombie because like so much of my personality is my adhd and i totally get that yeah, but my personality sucks i want to yeah. change it yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right what, that's what jesse told me yeah. he's like oh no you'll lose your personality and i was like good, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it's like also not the energy we need for this yeah <laughs> yeah it's like um my personality fucking sucks bro like, <laughs> Yeah, but I never did the like, oh, I'm not going to take this anymore. It was just kind of like I faded out of it and it just wasn't a thing. Right. Um, I now that I'm no longer a bartender, I'm working an office job where I'm contained to, you know, a cube. Like a rat in a cage. (laughs) And I'm doing like data analytics. Just a rat in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I'm doing data analytics shit. And I'm like, okay, maybe Vyvanse would be helpful because I feel like I'm just disassociating and like the executive dysfunction of sitting on my desk like... It's so tough, <laughs> I swear. Oh I, my God. And like we have an activity tracker that tracks like our oh mouse God. clicks and stuff and so like I have this great anxiety but like then I'm staring through the screen. I, tra- I, I like, heard the hack. Just you ever tie like your- unfocus your eyes on purpose and then oh, it yeah. feels good so you yeah. just sit there? <laughs> yeah. Dude, what you need to do is tie your mouse to your Roomba. <laughs> just let it go. Yeah. Your activity is peak. It's like, wow, she must be on a new medication. She she said 98%. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it was fine. And it's never, it's never, it's always been something I've really owned and mainly because I can't really hide it. Um, but I think the hardest part of ADHD in general, especially in high school, because I had, I was all friends with the same kids that were in my Girl Scout troop and they're all super good at school and very That's like. so cute. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I became very, very good at hiding my report cards because like oh. I'm the kid struggling to pass mm-hmm. and they never knew that because they're like, oh, Beth's super smart. She knows, right. like, you know, I was like, yeah. yeah, I do, but I can't test. I can never do homework. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everybody gets on the bus. I'm like, oh, what numbers did you get? What grades did you get? I'm like, oh, yeah. no, we're distracting this conversation. Do you know when I thrived in school <laughs> is when I went to a vocational school and we never had homework. Oh my God. Yeah. The yes. like ban like, homework. Even, Cause mm-hmm. Lakin went to the same school, like even our core classes. So we would, did you go to a vocational school? For some reason I thought you did. Or did you go to an art school? No. I thought you went to ACPA or whatever that place is. Um, um, no, I don't know. You definitely give art school vibes for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's the neurodivergence. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> the like, trauma. It's the neurodivergence. <laughs> yeah. We all have theater kid energy. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It's, it's, it's my dopamine levels. It makes me quirky. <laughs> I mean, um, it's like no Adderall for me. Thank you. But um, like, so, oh, anyway, at a vocational school, we went to a lab for three or four hours, half the day, and then we mm-hmm. took, did lunch. And then we had three core classes. Mm-hmm. So and those we teachers only, did not give a shit. They just wanted you to yeah, pass. We only took three. We took. Which is like fine. My yeah. junior year, I took a science because you had to have four math credits and four English credits in Ohio. But mm-hmm. you only had to have three science and three social studies. 
So you only took three regular high school classes and then you were in a lab most of the day and your Mm. lab never gave you homework. Mm -hmm. Half of them were blue collar, like welding or whatever. Mm -hmm. I went for a digital design program, Mm. never had homework. I literally, when I was in a traditional high school environment, which honestly, I feel like a lot of neurodivergent kids go to a vocational school because almost all my friends who have ADHD have like thrived in vocational school versus high school. Um, we like the ones that I went to school with, but I had a 1.76 GPA my sophomore and freshman year in a traditional high school. Mm-hmm. When I left and went to a vocational school, I graduated with a 3.8. Mm. Yeah. I wanna and s- my 1.76 counted towards that. Yeah. So I excelled yeah. extremely That's academically awesome, in a vocational yeah. school. And I think it's because like the way that it was set up. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think my masking and my rejection sensitive dysphoria... <laughs> Is probably what got me through high school. Yeah. Um. I was like, well, if there's no way I can't not like if I if I fail out if I flunk out if I don't graduate everyone will know that oh. I'm a fraud. And yeah. <laughs> when I learned I'm what fraud. when I learned what RSD was later in life, <laughs> I, like I thought back to all the like weird things, like not even weird things, like all the times that I like had weird meltdowns and stuff in high school. I was like, oh. Now see, I did find that out only three or four years ago and my therapist is really good about like she doesn't she doesn't have a phd so she can't diagnose Mm -hmm. so she's like hey i have this article for you you should read it and let me know what you think right i cried when i read about when i read about Uh rsd i was like i don't this makes so much it makes so so much i don't relate too much to rsd when it comes to but yeah i I know i envy that my (laughs) rsd no my rsd comes from people that i really care about Mm -hmm. so like my romantic partner that's Mm. where i have rsd but Mm -hmm. when it comes to like general like People at school, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. I grew up a dancer, so it was really built into my system to be perfect. And if you weren't, you got stuck to the back of the line. And then it carried. Like, I I thought the world would end and I would cease to exist Mm -hmm. if, like, somebody was not a fan of me or they rejected me or anywhere. I got a negative feedback on anything or feedback in general. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I have a tendency to, and like, I would have mentioned to both of you, like, doing, like, these small interactions is really weird for me. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, like, this is an also thing as I have on my Instagram. I'm like, I'm the extrovert with social anxiety. <laughs> and people are like, you don't have that. You don't have that. You're like, mm. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. If you only knew how much I feel like you hate me right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we like you. It's well, yeah, like, I know you hate me. You don't yeah, even have to say it. Just so much <laughs> more we, obvious. like, invited you here. This yeah. was our idea. Uh, yeah. Okay. Keep telling yourself that. Yeah. <laughs> I relate to that so hard because I'm just like, like we wanted you here, buddy. <laughs> she starts I crying. Places, I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going. These people don't fucking like me anyway. Yeah, like, and that's not. It's a Bricky's birthday party. Everybody's yeah. fine. I was like, oh cool, we all, all have ADHD, but I'm gonna be the one interrupting too much, and you guys are never gonna like me again. Um, yeah, so I mean, that made heart high school really hard. Mm-hmm. College, all of those school things that are you know not built for our brains, um, but. I own it. I'm ready to get on oh medication my God. Maybe, now. So. Maybe I do have RSD because I only talk to like three people. I feel like you definitely <laughs> have it to a degree. I think a lot of people have it to a degree. It's just how much does it affect your life and your inner turmoil? Well, yeah, and there's so I much more. I can't stand to talk to anybody except for literally three or four well, people. Well, and you also like, we're also women. So like True. society works against us and making us hate ourselves. Yeah. That makes them money. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have, you know, those things could also be that versus like rejection sensitive. We're like if you send me a period at the end of your text you oh, are mad at me right yeah if you don't if you don't end with a emoji that you yeah. normally use like 75 percent of the time i know you're or i'll use lol like in the same text like twice in the same text mm-hmm. and i was like and i know we make jokes about the period thing but like 
that will literally make me think about that. It will spiral for, me. Yes. <laughs> for full a long anxiety. Time. Yes, it absolutely. Spir- they're like so usually me and Ricky, um, you're probably my best friend that will if I don't respond to a text message, you don't assume that I'm dead. You know, like you just yeah. kind of like, and same for you, but there have been times where I'm just like not doing well mentally yeah. and you're busy. So you won't respond to a text or you respond quickly. And I'm like, I made her mad. Really? I made her. Yeah. But I know that's not true. So I don't come to you. About right. It. I think it's because I'm not a texter. Like I know it's yeah. not rational. But yeah, it's, I super unra- it. it's super irrational. But like that has happened to me before. And like, not just with you, like with a lot of people. Oh, and a I lot can of guarantee things. I've had RSD stuff with both. Of you. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> guaranteed. definitely. Um, yeah, like I the first night that relate. we ever met, be, I, 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 I was afraid to make eye contact with you. I was like, I like, so uh, she hates me. <laughs> she hates me. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you're like, who's this bitch that sucks with the Ren Fair? Gr- grow up, baby. I know. She's like, what is it? She doesn't even go here. Why is she bringing her camera? Like, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I, if it makes you feel better, like, what it, what it helps me with RSD, which sucks. Like, I feel like anytime I'm in a group interaction, I may be fucked up for this. I kind of look at, like, who's the worst person in the room? <laughs> Right, no, me like, and they're like, it's us. It's us. It's definitely me. I was like, sure, me. No, what gives me so much comfort is like somebody will say some fucked up shit because I like, I'm not like, I feel like my social skills aren't awesome, but Mm -hmm. they're not as bad as some people's. Right, and then I'll be like, okay, that was way more. Like sometimes, like when I go home after like a big social interaction, I'll be like, okay, what they did was way worse and way more exciting to talk about than me interrupting people yeah so so I focus on other people's flaws to make myself feel better yeah Yeah. you'd be like listen I might have interrupted a lot but I wasn't that girl over there that said the n-word so yeah like I didn't use I didn't use any slurs I I forgot what side of town we're on Um, you probably hear that more than I do I may have cried but I didn't make me cry that person made me cry and I feel like everybody's gonna be more mad at that person who made you cry yeah that's fair you're like I'm not the ass for reacting to somebody being mad at me (laughs) yeah 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 so it's like like i'll just be like no what they did was so much fucking worse yeah yeah you see like rsd and cosplay like does that pop up a lot for you do you yeah i mean definitely oh yeah we have to talk about that oh yeah i cosplay (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah best cosplay she's amazing at it um Jonah Hill ruined your cosplay moment. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's okay. I don't think I'm very good, but you should cosplay as Jonah. Hill. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But this terrible blonde cancel. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, you're gonna find in any kind of, especially when it involves fashion, creativity, art, you're always gonna get people that are like that. But I think mm-hmm. my my most recent costume was completely self designed and based off of a ship, um, One That's Piece. So you know? cool. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like okay I think this is awesome I think it looks really awesome the people around me are telling me that but in my head I'm like oh the fandom's gonna hate this they're gonna think I went too far they're gonna you know it's too far-fetched and kind of weird to like take like the artist you know like the manga artist and like Mm -hmm. take his idea and like completely twist it and it's gonna be ruined right and then I post it on TikTok and I'm like oh it kind of did okay like like are is the cosplay community like are they genuine like genuinely like not genuine generally words um yeah. like are they pretty welcoming with stuff like that are they supportive like have you ran i want to say that yes. aren't in my in my outside perspective um because like i had a roommate who's really into cosplay and i've been to anime conventions mm. it's just like any other community from my perspective mm. to where there's bad people and there's good people right okay. oh absolutely i mean I do think generally though everybody's really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think since 2020 has really changed the costume space in general. Um 
and I, I especially see it at like the Renaissance Festival and things like that, is that the like there's more people of color, there's more people like it's more size inclusive, it's more queer. I mean, it's always been a queer space, yeah. let's be honest. But um, <laughs> like I think that I've seen that a lot. Gays love costumes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love a theme. And it, yeah, I Me mean, it's, I do love a costume. It and really I am does gay. do great. It does do great things for that community and gives them more well, of a you space. You really got me, and I love because like like you were like that with me, but I think you don't realize that you did it. I was not into the Renfest before I started hanging out with you at the Renfest. So I would only go once or twice a year and mm-hmm. I wouldn't dress up. Meeting Beth and getting to know her and then she introduced me. But this is what I love about Beth. She'll introduce you to all of her friends and it's okay. Like she doesn't gatekeep her friends. Yeah. Which some people will do, no. which is insane. They'll be like, oh no, this is my friend or whatever. But like she introduces me to all of her friends mm-hmm. like and she'll bring people like together and because she introduced me to like the group that you mm-hmm. go to Renfest with, I felt more comfortable dressing up. And it's weird yeah. because it's like, I was like, oh no, that's, that's cool. Like, that's cool to dress up. Look, all my friends dress up mm-hmm. and it encourages me. And now I have like two or three cosplays planned for Renfest this year. <laughs> yeah. Lakin took pictures of me in one. Well, careful, it's garb. And the then, Renfair people will come for you. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's garb. It's garb. garb. It's What's not a garb? Co- so uh, oh god it's a costume <laughs> shut up i don't well you know you will be ridiculed i really? promise you okay, yes why, why? i mean granted granted they need garb. to hop off their high horse because i saw one like diehard run fair person like yelling an autistic girl <gasps> she like even had headphones on she's like i like your costume and someone's like it's garb i'm like oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah, just be oh nice <laughs> like yeah. Okay. but yeah like yeah, the- Ren- okay um garb next to me um but <laughs> well yeah you, I mean, you encouraged people- me unintentionally because i thought that what you did was so fucking cool how mm-hmm. you guys went every weekend and how you camped and the community that you had there mm. and like i just kind of weaseled my way in it slowly and i went five oh, times last year to <laughs> Renfest, and now i have i'm buying season passes this year and i'm gonna Hell fucking yeah. be bothering you every weekend yeah there. i had a really good time going with you last year it's the first time i've ever gone like ever and one of our friends was like you just strike me as the person that would always go to these things and i'm like i know right i have so <laughs> much fun down there here. and it's like it, the thing is it's like when you go once it kind of feels like tiring and exhausting like you got to go see all these things there when you are go steps every, to <laughs> when you go every weekend it's like you just kind of walk around and have fun and like see your friends mm-hmm. you start to recognize people mm-hmm. and you start to meet people yeah and you're like i can go see the comedy shows this yeah. day and, and then like I just have, go eat on this day right and after just like hanging out with beth there for the past couple years it's been like two years that i've mm-hmm. gone with you well not with you but like i always yeah, catch yeah. her there mm-hmm. i love it because you get to run around and get drunk in the woods with your friends your phones don't work which is my favorite part that about it unless you and lose each each other <laughs> yeah, like, yeah but we always like that's the thing like there's like this bar that we always go to that we it's like okay when i get there i don't even usually communicate with beth and i'm even going i go look for her at the spot like, shout out three like you pub. did like you did but <laughs> before cell phones i just go look for her right. and then i find her mm-hmm. and then we hang out the You're whole drawn day together by your energies <laughs> yeah and like and then i find her and it's so much fun and mm-hmm. now i have three garbs yeah. that i already have put together yeah it's that like I'm the outfits but yeah, granted, if you're like a outfits. fairy, it's a little bit different. But like, yeah, garbage. What's the fairy? Like, no, I'm saying like if you are doing oh. like literally more costume. Oh. Yeah. But like it's the people that like. Like traditional clothing? Not even necessarily because let's be honest, it's never really renaissance. It's the people that uh. just take it super seriously and try and be a, it's as like authentic as possible. Because it is like a lifestyle for a lot of people. So it's it's not a costume. Mm. It's it's garb. Okay. And that's, that's more of what it is, that it's more of a lifestyle than it is. They kind of like Costumes. dress like that outside too, you right. know. And they go to set, they travel to like 
New York and Kentucky and go I to follow all a lot of, I follow yeah. a lot of RenFest TikTokers. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we, we're like unintentionally following this outline super well. <laughs> oh, good. Like, yeah. I, I did like, want to ask it. though, like the difference between um, like the cosplay conventions that you've gone to versus like RenFair. Like, is there a huge difference between them other than like, of course, like their draw to them, like yeah. anime versus like Renaissance so, stuff? There's very different facets of cosplay conventions as well as RenFair. Like, Yes, we love drinking mead and getting drunk in the woods. Yeah, there's as so same, much. It's my favorite pastime, especially with like or like cosplay. I love incorporating a drink into my costume so I can actually be in character, right. drinking and getting drunk on tequila. But <laughs> there is on both sides those areas that there are people that don't drink and go to these and have the same amount of fun, but just in a different way. There's different right. avenues to where you can, you know, get into these communities. I will say. The Ren Fair has a bad history, and this is why people of color have kind of been out of the Ren Fair community because it can be adopted by some pretty horrible people. Um, it, it can traditionally have a huge proud way. Anything wave. historical Cra- crowd. can be adopted yeah. by well, historical people white people. Yeah. So yeah, mm. that, that I so can you'll see go that. there, and if you pay more attention next time, like okay, next time we go, if I see a proud, well, you boy, want I'll be me like, to right watch there. racist? No, you'll but, see. I mean, you'll see them everywhere. Tattoos, no, shirts, everything. I, I don't want to. I want to drink meat and have fun with my friends. Well, but that makes sense though. That they, I just like traditional values, sir. You're wearing fairy ears. Okay. Well, well, like, they wouldn't be. <laughs> but like, I mean, the shop owners, I think, you know, we, they've been a lot better. There's a huge community of queer people that go there and especially the shop owners. I mean, they're literally artists. Mm-hmm. So, um, if they notice it, they'll typically like, Hey, you're not welcome in our shop and those things. Um, and Love the, that. and the owner Love of that. the Ren Fairs typically abide by that. So that is more prevalent, I think in Ren Fair. Um, but they are very similar communities, um, with, cosplaying conventions mm-hmm. i think it's more art heavy more so in the ren fair space but um yeah like personal yeah. artists mm. um yeah mostly we're going to the conventions to buy figures from japan That's so, so cool. <laughs> i was like i was like stalking your instagram story from that last convention you went to and oh, i was like yeah. that and looks I was like bad about so much stuff fun too, so. <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was jealous i was like fuck i want to go i want to go to one here really mm-hmm. bad me too august isn't it? It's a small yeah. one, but Matsurikan, yeah. I know. I was going to say Matsurikan. I've I want to take pictures of people. <laughs> they'll let you. They'll give he, you. We will. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it professionally and you're going to give them they'll like. They'll give you a pass. Free prints. Yeah. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Pay. That's how I went. I yeah. didn't have to pay to go. I just emailed them and asked if I could take photos and they gave me a pass. Oh, yeah. nice. I, yeah. like, I'll especially pay for the because Matsuri is like smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's just at the convention center. Yeah. Oh, we should go. We're going. Yeah. And yeah, it's also like the convention center is open to the public so you can literally just walk in well, and hang out fucking yeah. i have a raven cosplay from Heck halloween yeah. there you go i don't even have to do anything yeah. i already got it mm-hmm. you know i felt Vibes. so cute in it too yeah i don't have a hotel this year but we can make it work yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah the i haven't been to i went to matsuri Khan in like 2016 but i haven't been back since because i never <sighs> that's the thing i never had any friends that cosplay were into has it. changed so much never had friends that were into TikTok it tiktok has ruined my life yeah it makes me feel like oh how? shit yeah i thought i was a good cosplayer until tiktok <laughs> then everybody learns how to do things <laughs> i'm like no no <laughs> don't surpass me right like, but i mean they've taught me so much too and you know people are like how do you learn to do this i'm like the internet yeah. how do you how'd you get into it so i was actually late to the anime world um i'm still I, not in the anime world i just like cute i'll give people. you a list <laughs> um I'm just like cute people with eyeliner yeah, yeah i mean absolutely yeah and that's definitely there for great people watching and things like that and Cosplay doesn't have to be anime, obviously. Like, Raven is not 
anime. But um, yeah. But I started, you know, I watched Pokemon and Sailor Moon and stuff Mm -hmm. as a kid. But I had reconnected with one of my childhood friends, and that and her and her group of friends did it a lot. And they're like, Beth would love this. So once I reconnected, (laughs) and we started just kind of doing things, I went and Mm -hmm. was like, I mean costuming and like halloween was always my shit right right so if that's always your shit you have a direct line into the cosplay world and it become yeah. it'll your become your life club. rock <laughs> oh yeah i'm yeah. i'm down i'm, yeah. I'm in yeah i'm, it, in. I'm it cosplaying becomes... this like i'm caught co- i have a goal next year to do cosplay well i, I recommend it for ADHD. ADHD. i'm like hey come on the podcast not for any personal advantage i don't have any ulterior motives i don't have any ulterior motives or anything but by the way can you set up my sewing machine while you're here well it's like most people will be like i like do things for them for free and I'm like fuck I probably should be charging for this oh, shit oh definitely no. be charging I, well and it's a lot of the time I just like like to be around people that are also cosplaying and they feel confident doing things right so um I mean yeah I got into it with them and it's so much more than just like oh I have to look exactly like a character which I think is what is hard about the cosplay community is mm-hmm. because you're gonna be I like love when you're too fat for this it. you're too brown for this you're too you know right you're a woman you, and you're dressing like a man did you mm-hmm. see one of my childhood friends did you see that garfield cosplay that blew up on twitter <laughs> no i'm not on twitter there was well no <laughs> there choice. was a girl that i was childhood friends with she cosplayed garfield but like sexy garfield sexy Garfield. that's a whole was... thing my furby is next furby <gasps> sexy yeah. furby is next oh. so yeah so i like she <laughs> did alert. she did a garfield cosplay but it was sexy and she blew up on twitter and all these people were making fan arts out of it yes, and stuff that's amazing and that's she so was cool. really emotional because she was plus size she's like i feel so represented mm-hmm. she's like i'm so happy i also wanted to ask you about representation of like neurodivergency <sighs> because i know that a lot of Kids who are neurodivergent, oh, autistic, it is they autistic love anime. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that autistic. You're kids, the majority. Yeah. <laughs> kids on the spectrum in general love anime because it's so expressive mm-hmm. and direct. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's easy to consume, and it's like like a ton of like I know I love it, and mm-hmm. like because of that reason, it's so expressive. There's a huge community about it. It's like nerds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I always do say you feel like represented. Like like I I'm assuming, 100%. but I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, community. I mean, it's like I'm typically always end up defending for like furries in this whenever i'm asked these kinds of questions okay <laughs> i've learned a lot about furries i also defend furries yeah <laughs> like, i mean it, i just, can't i'm scared of furries as much as i want to as much i i respect them but i it's, it's, it's cool i respect horses I get, but i'm scared of horses <laughs> you know like i won't touch them i won't but. i won't like i won't like dog on furries but like something about furries makes my stomach hurt <laughs> Were you scared by crime. like the Chuck E. Cheese guy? Or I don't something like when you yeah, were. I, was, yeah. I think furries I helped me. I don't, yeah, I I don't like, like um, if I had probably more exposure to it, or if I had a friend that was into it, and like if, if I was more exposed to it and had a better understanding of it, I would probably not be so terrified of it. I yeah. genuinely think I just have a phobia of the big heads. I mean, that's fair. It's the heads. That's allowed. That you know, you're not out. saying they're terrible I'm people. Not a, you just I mean, don't I'm like their heads. <laughs> like, you know, have you guys ever been a nationwide and that, that big bug is running around yeah. for the mascot thing? Yeah. Do you see my eyes tearing up right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, usually, and hey, think of it this way. They're usually like, those suits cost like three thousand dollars a piece, and they typically make them by hand. Yeah. So they're usually like yeah. engineers you know, and tech if people. Something, and if something terrifies me that much, I hope it's expensive and high effort. Mm-hmm. Oh, which I really is funny because they're always so sweet. They're always like waving. I'm sure oh that God. they're nice. I will one day which I guess get could over be that. I think I just need more exposure to it. But I remember I almost threw up one time when that fucking clipper at Nationwide gave me a hug. Yeah. Lucille? I, no, the the green the okay, clipper, not, the Nationwide mascot, you know the bug with the giant red eyes. The Columbus the 
blue jackets? The jackets. Oh, yeah, the blue jackets. I kept thinking clippers from the, the fucking That's why I was like, baseball. how dare you do that to Lucille? I know. Lucille. <laughs> I went to clippers games a lot as a kid. Um, but no, oh, yeah. I was just like, well, I'm so terrified right now. I can't keep my words straight. I think we should change this. <laughs> yeah, so cosplay and neurodivergence. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's a spaz fest to begin with, so ADHD is always welcome. Um, and I, I feel think like that'd be the place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially because there are a lot of people drinking and things like that. No one can tell the difference. Like even if you're sober and you're like freaking out, it's fine. You're yeah. like everyone's autistic and everyone's. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always say there's like, you know, cause anime is much, much more popular in pop culture now and like acceptable, which is kind of annoying oh, yeah. I for got, those people. I was so annoyed because when I was younger, I ended up getting more into music in high school and stuff, but in middle school, I was obsessed with anime. I was like a diehard, huge fan. I would like draw. I was the Mm -hmm. quintessential like weeb kid Mm -hmm. and I got bullied like hell for it. Mm -hmm. And I talked to younger clients who are like, yeah, I love anime. Anime is so cool. I was like, why the fuck couldn't it be cool in 2008, bitch? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean it's cool now? I was like, like, you are seeing a big change for sure in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, y'all said I was weird and I was a nerd and I had to hang out with the other autistic kids yeah. and nobody liked me and everybody made fun of me. Yeah. That's so what I was like, when you go there, I, that's how I explained it to people. I'm like, yeah, it was all the weird kids that got made fun of and they're all in one spot and they're like, cool, I finally feel accepted. Right. I'm, the mo- I'm the majority now. That's yeah. how I felt my first anime convention. I was like, this is nice. It's yeah. gotta feel so freeing to be like, oh my God, I'm safe here. And like, yeah. is there a sense of safety? Because I've been to but, conventions where yeah. I don't feel safe. At least in my... Like my not anime conventions, people. like the Arnold oh, and stuff. Well, you know what I mean. Like not, I've never been to an in a <laughs> anime convention, but like, I've been to like conventions of different. You know, when you hang out in a group of people that are a lot like you, and it's very refreshing, and you go home and you're not exhausted, and you didn't even think about like social norms. I like I've had experiences like that where I've hung out with groups of people. I was like, oh my god, that was so nice. And oh, then yeah. you come home, you're like, I loved hanging out with them. Imagine like a thousand of them is well, basically the feeling. That's the feeling yeah. that I personally had when I was there. I was like, everybody was so nice. Everybody was friendly. Everybody like there's, it's like, it's like a no judgment right. place. Well, it's and the really acknowledgement fun. of mental health right now that we, like we were talking about earlier is big, especially like Colossal Con, the one I just went to is mm-hmm. a five day convention. And we're like all living to, with each other in a hotel mm-hmm. for it's five like days. Kalahari. Yes. The water resort. So mm-hmm. it's like super overwhelming. There's a lot of shit going on, but at least in my group, we're like, Hey, I'm kind of feeling a little checked out. I'm going to go take a lap by myself or I'm going to go back to the room. And like, there is a dialogue about it that I think a lot of people are making really important. Um, or like, and don't take it personally, you know, I'm like, Hey, you guys are really overwhelming me right now. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go take a lap by myself or I'm going yeah. to go, you know, sit in the pool by myself or go yeah. walk the merch yeah. room and things like that. So, and they don't really like take it personally. They're like, Oh, oh no. Cool. They're like, they cool me too later. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, Oh, thank God. Me right. too. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, absolutely. Me and Lake, it'll do that. Like when we're hanging out, I was like, okay, I'm done. And she's like, me too. And I'll just go home. Yeah. Yep. There's like a couple of times we've come back from like a long day and like a concert we went to and we're like, all right, buddy. See you yeah. later. I don't even say <laughs> bye. I'm like, get out. Yeah. Well, and like, now I'm like, I'm going to be 30 in August. And I'm like, shit. I was like, I can't hang tonight, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. I was like, I know it's Friday of con, but like, I'm already drunk. Uh, I'm not drunk. I now have a hangover at eight o'clock. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's a great community i mean there's definitely its flaws but it's come a long time a long way after 2020 and things like yeah, that yeah i know so. i can't wait because i'm i definitely i meant to ask you i made a point to ask you about going to matsuri con with you so me and beth nope, will be, be featured there. headliners at matsuri con your special guest appearance yes. 
Ricky's first convention <laughs> since 2016. It. I'm excited. Lincoln's ever. My, mine ever. Yeah. I've always gone <laughs> yeah. to the Arnold. Imagine how Ugh. unsafe you feel there. Oh, yeah. Fuck Yikes. that. Um, Watch your drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to sneeze. Um, what's your favorite cosplay you've done? My last one I did. Granted. The so. Yes. The so fucking so cool. it's designed off of the Thousand Sunny from One Piece. If you know, you know. Um, but I did a version of that cosplay. Like I this is my like improvement, like second evolution of this because I did it originally after my abusive relationship, I kind of was in this mindset because I cosplayed with them where it was like I kind of wanted to rebrand myself and kind of own it as my own versus a couple's cosplayer and things right. like that. So and then I look back at it, I'm like, wow, I was like, like confident in this, but I was like, wow, this was yikes. So this scene this now, <laughs> like growing and seeing it now is like really impressive and exciting for me, especially like how well it was received. Not that that matters. You cosplay for you, but, uh, but RSD, so right? I yeah. Get it, yeah. <laughs> but like the time and money and effort I put into it is You're nice. Like, to, I want a little attention. Yeah. You well, want to be recognized. I feel if like. People, oh cosplay is a narcissist fest yeah like in the positive sense right like yeah we dress like this so people do take our pictures and yeah. like you know compliment us and things like that because it's fun to see our hard work is being... it narcissism or is it right. ego and a boost you know oh, yeah like... absolutely <laughs> yeah. i was like well it's like always something we joke about because it's like yeah i post pictures online because i want you to fawn over me yeah like i worked hard on this oh like, yeah please give me compliments <laughs> yeah, i really loved what i do so i i loved you mentioned earlier about like not looking exactly like the characters so no. i'm gonna call it a costume because it was for halloween but my halloween costumes like especially when i dress up like mm-hmm. as somebody else i am like i'm living my little cosplay fantasy yeah. right now yeah so when i did the one for raven in for halloween i ordered so I always have bangs. I look fucking weird without bangs. <laughs> I ordered a purple wig with bangs. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, fuck, Raven doesn't have bangs. I was like, no, I love that because it's me, but Raven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, I love that. And I didn't do like the gem on my forehead because I had bangs. But I was like, I love that because yeah. it's like a touch of myself in it because I've mm-hmm. had bangs my entire life. I've never not had them. And I would look fucking weird without them. And right. yeah, would I look more like Raven? Yeah, but I kind of love how... There's different customization you can do, but it still like, oh, yeah. recognizes Ray. But I love when people like do cosplays where they do like we're talking about like the sexy Garfield. Where I've they done make Punk Sailor their, Moon, their, you know, yeah, things like that. When so they make cool. their own versions of like another character, it's almost more fun that way. It's so yeah. much fun. I, like, I, much I loved it. I struggle it, with that a lot. Like I trying would, to make things my own. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not good at yeah, it. Yeah, I would all. much rather have a cosplay that I made my own personal touch on and my own creativity mm-hmm. than like I feel like. A lot of people cosplay to look exactly like the character, which is fine. I don't see joy in that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. making every meticulous detail to look exactly like somebody, I feel like, would just be stressful for me. Mm-hmm. But people yeah. who take cosplay really seriously, yes, much respect to people do well, that. Well, it's also easy when you, you know, weigh 110 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, if you're Jessica, you, is it when you look, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> When you look like an anime character. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, and do not discredit the amount of, like, there's a lot of image issues with in Japan and like the standards, the beauty standards that they have. So, so. how do you like, uh, do you want to talk about like body image and cosplaying at all? Do you have any yeah. heavy hitters with that? Um, well, after leaving bartending, getting into a healthy relationship, 2020 in general, like, like oh, I put I on taking care of myself. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, I'm actually eating food. Yeah. I mean, well, I, also your partner used to be a chef. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jordan uh, can fucking big win. Cook. Yeah. He made some real <laughs> good meatballs. My favorite, my <laughs> favorite Jordan memory. Up. One of them. 
I have a couple. This is my favorite one. When we, really quick, since we mentioned he was a chef. Um, my birthday party, not this year, but last year, Jordan came in right when I was unloading the catering and I didn't know how to properly like set it up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, literally, <laughs> He's like, he this is walked easy part. right in the door. I had not seen Jordan months. The first thing I said to him, I snapped at him. I said, get the fuck over here and help me with this. <laughs> and he literally, without hesitation, walked over grabbed everything and started prepping it and Amazing. setting it up he, it was like it was no words oh, and I was he's like, so fast I was, at it too. oh yeah i was like jordan i need your help now yeah. i don't know what i'm doing he he didn't yep. even say a word he just did it that's oh. my favorite thing about him the yeah. best <laughs> love language yeah okay but the, yeah getting into a healthy relationship but yeah i put on 30 to 40 pounds pretty quickly and especially like over 2020 it's like oh shit now i'm coming back to cosplay and mm-hmm. i'm like the fat version of myself which my therapist and i are working on mm-hmm. that it's like that internal fat phobia that you're trying to get used to seeing yourself this way yeah i cried over my armpits for an hour the other day it's it's when it's built into you man yeah. like that's so hard to reverse it is really because like i'll get dressed and i'll be like oh, i feel great i look great and right. then i see pictures of myself i'm like oh dear god oh my um, god i know one of the i don't watch the videos one of my most favorite things yep. i ever heard though was like um a lot of people get bummed out about seeing pictures of themselves feeling like it not how they look in the mirror but if you think about when you're looking at yourself in a mirror you're a you're in real life you yep. can see your personality oh, yeah. you can see your shine you can see your movements a picture doesn't capture all of that happening at right. once it just it's just oh, snapshot yeah. yeah my therapist says that all the time she's like when people see you they're not seeing a still life of you yes they're seeing you move you're seeing yeah. you laugh and do those things so my therapist actually per- like was like take more pictures of yourself watch the videos of the podcast yeah. well i also i also like get more used it, to seeing yourself that way with with me it's like um I, I don't think that I have like any kind of body dysmorphia, but anytime that I see something of myself, it doesn't register that it's me. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like if somebody takes mm. a photo of it's me like out of body and I'm just yeah. like, that's not me. Like, it just doesn't look like myself. And I don't know. Maybe I do need to get more comfortable with that. Um, part of the reason we didn't do video at first because I was like, I don't want to be on video. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like they're all going to know I'm not hot. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, like I, I have a. I never felt bad about my body until I lost weight. I saw a picture Common. of myself from a couple years ago when I was like 300 pounds. And like, I was like thinking back and I was like, I never thought that there, that was like, I never thought that I was fat or ugly or anything. I never felt bad about myself until this year when I lost weight and started getting back into like meal prepping and mm-hmm. fitness and everything. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, shit yeah like because my body's changing and it's different yep and i'm in like a transitional phase of my body to where i like i have a lot of muscle and i'm strong i got loose skin i gotta like retract back to mm-hmm. and me and like we talking about it i called her crying because now my stomach used to be round when i weighed more and you don't my, have body dysmorphia my stomach I, I know I i'm I like uh. <laughs> my stomach when i was when when i was bigger my stomach was round mm-hmm. and like as i've lost weight my stomach's flattened and now i have a flap like that one scene in Click where he's like, it looks like a tongue. And it's not that Stop. bad, but I have one. But it's and different. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just my body's not bad is my body's changing a lot. And mm-hmm. this whole year, I know, like, because I have, like, I have all my fitness goals, like, lined out for the year. I knew that when, right around summertime, that I was going to be in a big transitional phase of my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I was, because I did a, I did a 12-week cut Mm -hmm. um and when i ended it i had so much loose skin because i lost weight faster than what my skin could retract and i'm still like let's retract a little bit here come on well i think that like like with cosplay with that because like my sister primarily but myself as well 
I've always really struggled with body image, even though my sister is like tiny cross country runner. Um, and people assume that that means she doesn't have body issues. Right. But I told her, you know, she came out for Colossal Con for a day and I was like, you know, she was worried, you know, like wanting to get in shape for to go for like a day up to a water park. And I was like, you will get there. And feel more secure in your body than you probably ever had. I don't look at other people's bodies personally. You'd be when surprised people, when you're in costume, though. You have to. Yeah. When I see people, like, I had a moment where I was looking at somebody's bodies and I had a full conversation with Lincoln about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, that was weird. And I was like, I feel like when I'm with people, I don't really look at their weight or anything unless yeah, they see, bring it up. My sister and I were always comparing ourselves. Like, I remember being, like, at the swimming pool apartment, you know, apartment swimming pool and, like, Hey, I think I look like that. Do I look like that? No, we look like this. And we do that all the time. It was mm-hmm. horribly unhealthy. Yeah. Same. And, yeah. And I think that I always look at I remember I don't the mean first... to, and I'm not saying anything bad about oh, it, we but did I'm it always very comparing yeah. myself to other people. I have been ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You absolutely. reminded me of the first time where I ever felt bad about my body by saying swimming pool. I remember mm-hmm. it like very vividly. Um, it was back before like digital cameras. I was maybe like, well, I mean, they were a thing, but my mom always, my mom was really big in photography. I always shot mm-hmm. on film and stuff. And my mom took pictures of everything. And I remember seeing a picture of me. I was, like, probably around 10. So, like, right when I, like, started to hit puberty. And I was wearing a bathing suit. And I was kind of, I was sitting, like, kind of hunched over eating a hot dog. And it was a picture taken from back here. And I was literally, like, this with a hot dog. I don't know why the Best fuck my mom took that photo <laughs> of me. She literally rude. put it That's in a so photo rude. She put it in a photo book. And I remember I saw it. And I didn't think it was me. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was, like. Oh, no, that's my, like, cousin or whatever. I was like, that's my fat cousin. I don't have a fat cousin, but I, like, made up a fat cousin in my head. And um, I was like, that's not me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fat. And that was my first realization of, like, being fat. I wasn't until I was 10, but I never really felt bad about it until, like, adulthood. I I think that cosplay is, you know, whereas there's plenty of times that it's made me feel gross or not you know not good i don't look Mm -hmm. like this character i have this and this and this i have an actual human body proportions you know Mm -hmm. things like that i'm not a cartoon (laughs) right anime character at that yeah i'm not drawn by some horny artist (laughs) right it's like almost a trope they like do it on purpose to be funny but yeah sometimes we've all seen hentai so we have (laughs) oh yeah i had a boyfriend that was really into anime and i was like nervous because i didn't look like anime girls listen well they know i got really into overwatch for a little bit and i looked it up on twitter not even thinking whoa careful i've seen so much mercy cheeks oh yeah i wasn't prepared right i was like oh god damn she's popular i was like that's fair none of us will ever look like that it's like Like, she's not yeah. real. <laughs> but like you go, but the thing is, is like people, you know, see those and they want to dress like that. And mm-hmm. it's like anybody who's anybody. And it's like they go there and they're like the most confident ever. I'm like, why aren't I that confident? The I was like trying. Yeah. Also, I don't I I doubt if you're not in a good place, like with your body, like yeah. the way that you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and you try and look like somebody else, like in the form of cosplay, right. a fictional character mm-hmm. that doesn't have a real body, a real functioning yeah. body. And you try and present yourself as that, I feel like that would make you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely. I felt cute as shit in my Raven cosplay. Yeah. But... Well, and it's kind of like, in a way, you can like hopefully try to see it as like drag because, you know, yeah. like that, it's like, you know, theater of femininity and like what mm-hmm. that can be. And it's like. That's a good band name. That's a good <laughs> right. one. Theater of femininity. Hell yeah. That's an that album. Traditional yeah, H and theater of femininity yeah. are the band right. names from this episode. Yeah. This is our album, Theater of Femininity by Conditional H. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. 
yeah, we need like a you know Panic at the Disco title, just like yes, shit. yeah. We need to take like an album cover. We should yeah. all sit stone cold like, face. Our, in fr- front of our this opening wall. song could be <laughs> yeah. drinking tequila at Colossicon, and I went into the deep end or something like yeah. that. Oh, I hung out in the jizz koozie. That's, an, <laughs> that's the time for enough. <laughs> That's official, official license. I went to Colossicon and hung out the Jizz Koozie, like a really long Fallout Boy title. Yeah. But it doesn't have anything. I forgot to call my sister. (laughs) But the song has nothing to do with that. No. No, No. it's about depression. (laughs) (laughs) It's about the first time I realized I was fat. Right. And I opened up the photo album. (laughs) It felt like I was attacked. They're like, where's the jizzkoozie? I thought this was was like a club song. I thought there'd be rainbow lights and jizz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like we all laugh and just make jokes about our depression at cons. So, you know. I love that. That's great. (laughs) Normalize that. Stop telling me that it's like not okay. It's fine. (laughs) We encourage therapy. You can tell we all have ADHD. What was the theater of femininity? Okay. Go back to backtrack to that. I took that so far no like because <laughs> it's like you will see a lot of like uh like fake big tits like on purpose because it's like yeah. oh let's be an anime character but right. it's like a joke but it's funny but it's like yeah i love I mean, that like commit to the bit you yeah. know and commit I, to the tip but you can I, do whatever it kind of sounds like from what you're describing um i appreciate that it, people are making the choice of how they are perceived in their own confidence they don't yeah some people are like choosing to dress in a certain way to embrace their body type other people are putting on like the fake tops and stuff to embrace another body type and i um i've like thought about this before coming uh if you haven't seen the ted talk of adam savage who's the bald guy not the bald guy the redhead guy from Mythbusters. Mm-mm. He did a TED talk about him He's cosplaying. He's on some crazy shit. He makes like some really oh, yeah. philosophical Didn't content. Didn't a Mythbuster person die? Yes. The, one of the younger I think ones. it was the, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't the, You remember the there was three younger ones that would like There was three of them? Yeah, there was like the there white guy, the, two the Asian old guys, guy. and then yeah. there was a group of three. One looked like Haley Williams, and she hated when people compared her to her. Sorry. Yep. Oh. Was that the one who passed away? No, no, no. It was the Asian guy. Because oh. there was like a white guy, an Asian guy, was and it a from an redhead girl. I'm not sure. Oh. But yeah, Adam Savage. Well, anyway, Adam ADHD, Savage. right? Here we are. Um, <laughs> but he does a really cool TED talk that like I, I'll never be able to put into words like what cosplay means. But I've literally watched that video so many times and I cry every time mm-hmm. um, that it is about being perceived in the way that you want to per- be perceived. And cosplay allows people to do that, that it's not just a costume. You know, he says, you know, you walk up to people and ask for their picture always ask for consent mm-hmm. um and they you know it's like you give them a second and they get into pose because they've practiced this pose they've That's put so time cute. and money and effort into this and like they want to be the character that they love and it's like it it's such a magical experience to mm-hmm. go and be and like see these people and see how much they love it and like you know, there's a lot of competition in cosplay where it's like, oh, your wig doesn't match or you clearly bought this at a thrift store or bought it online, mm. but it's not about that. It's so much right. more about like how that character makes you feel and what you love about that character. So yeah, watch that TED Talk. Feels it's like very it to be somebody else from a day. You get a break from your mm-hmm. real life mm-hmm. and you get to, or like multiple days. It makes days, people be know? themselves too. It's, also, yeah, it's right. also, it's a good creative hobby. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a good creative, productive hobby to have. It's yeah. also great for ADHD because some days I'll want to do foam work. Some days I want to sew. Some days yeah, I want to paint. It's like, <laughs> I feel like it's a really productive <laughs> yeah. thing. It's, it's like, it's arts and crafts that you wear and you get to show off. And I think it's such a fun thing. And yeah. I, I think like, I think also like the people who tend to be into like nerdy things, like the Renaissance fair or, 
anime or whatever are usually people who are considered outcasts yeah and like people who weren't super popular and stuff like that not to stereotype and be like y'all are a bunch of fucking nerds it's fine it's getting popular now anyways like before it was popular and everything like it it's like you get a you get to be around people who are like you that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be around in your regular day-to-day and you get to feel like you fit in yeah. And you get a break from your real yep. life. And that's why Absolutely. I always I always loved anime. I always loved anime conventions. I just never had the initiative to really get into cosplay. But I'm going mm-hmm. to. It's going to be a cosplay 2024. All right. For other than Raven, Ricky. what's your... Yeah. For other than Raven? Mm-hmm. I Can we be fucking, sexy Teletubbies? I'm going to cosplay as that's the... Already in my, yeah. That's already in my... Yeah. I, yeah. I've already drawn well, them so up. I've already made necklaces. I, don't, I just I, need a crew. So. I don't want to tell... Um, everybody my halloween plans you want to move in silence uh yeah because the haters will sabotage me so i'm moving in silence with my halloween plans i'm i will not tell anybody lakin knows what they are because i tried to get her involved in it we'll see but oh um, yeah we the haters see how confident i am feeling the haters will sabotage me halloween's after co-op or after matt so you'll have a newfound cosplay confidence after that oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. gotta we gotta get you. Maybe you could do a DC character with me or something, or you could do whatever you want. You know what would give me confidence? A boob job. Just while we're talking I wanted about to, it, I want I want them. I wanted to. Cosplay. Hey, I mean, you do you, obviously. I wanted to do like I didn't want to do necessarily anime characters, but I wanted no, to do to. like Disney and comic book. Mm. I wanted to cosplay as the Boy Scout from Up. Oh my god! I told Please. Cody last night for Halloween I wanted him to go as Cat in the Hat and I'll be the Hat. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted I yes. wanted to go as the little boy from Up and just like walk around with balloons yeah. and work because like that's so cute. that's fucking cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yes. Like I would love to. I ju- I honestly just want to dress up as like cute characters that are oh, like yeah. endearing to me. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to do like um like something from Lilo and Stitch. Like I I was oh, thinking yes. about dressing up like the fucking rag doll with the buttons oh, and scrump. The- yeah. Yes, yeah. I have. A, like, I have I was, a onesie of like, that. I've, I've, like, I have like a bunch of ideas of like stuff, Wait, but I wanted to the, do the alien from the game where you have to make the tall sandwich. You could be that yes. alien oh, with six a two tall five. sandwich. Six two five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wasn't he six two five? Something like that. That was his number. I just yeah. remember the game. That'd be so fun. You'd I do remember. That yeah, game. like I wanted. To, I wanted to do. Dude, like, it would be niche, yeah. but people would love it. Yeah. I wanted to do like not necessarily anime cosplays, but I wanted to do. Like Disney video game characters. Like, oh I yeah, it doesn't love... have to be anime. My dream. I guess I didn't realize it. that it didn't have to be anime. Oh no, 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 no. no You'll no, go to never, these anime yeah. cons and there's everybody. There's all kinds. There's oh. like people dressed like there's a guy that goes to the Big Lebowski every year, everywhere. He goes to the Ren <laughs> yeah. Fair too. You'll see him there. Cool. I would love to. <laughs> you, know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, Time Travelers Weekend at the Ren Fair. Mm-hmm. It's all like it's basically cosplay, like mm-hmm. for whatever. Because there, there was like a ton of like Boba Fett's and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would love to do Star Wars. Like, really anything, like, Disney cartoony cute. I would love to do, like, fun, endearing stuff from, like, my childhood. Like, mm-hmm. little... Me- like, I love Lilo and Stitch. It's, like, one of my favorite movies. So I, like Like, superheroes, like, stuff like that. Like, uh, like funny, almost, like, side characters yeah. Oh, yeah. from stuff that, mm-hmm. like, you... They like, don't get the respect they deserve. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> like not the Little Mermaid, but, like, go as Flounder. Yeah. Oh, and, like, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I would love to do, like, stupid cosplays. Well, not stupid, but I would love to do, like, funny, cute, endearing oh, yeah. ones. Like, yeah. like, like, 
Imagine if you were just had an anime convention, you saw someone dress up as a little boy from Up. Yeah, it was like, like the world, so the the, the cosplay universe is endless. Yeah, if you knew That's the list so that I have, I would love to do something. <laughs> like my dream would be to get all my friends together and we dress up as like Mario Party. Yeah. Like, oh my who, god, whoever we want. Like I would love to go as shy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. like just wear a red. We hoodie wanted to do and a then, smash, like, rig like a... some kind of light up like white yes. eye, like oh, yeah. eyes and stuff. That There's so many good. things I've seen like. There was a group of people that were in those inflatable costumes, but they were Dragon Balls. <gasps> so they had like the, the the Dragon Balls, and every Dragon Ball Z character that they saw, they like ran up and like, were, like vibrating cool. next to them. And then, something, like, something too. I talked about. We could even do this pretty easily. Like mm-hmm. if you wanted to do it for MatsuriCon, is to go as the two cats from Sailor Moon together, but like as like, a, not like wear like a cat costume, but do like cat ears that. and a cool. <laughs> like a really cool outfit, but monochrome. So one would be all white, one would be all back. Well, would one be would cute. be Luna, and then we that would do would the moons, cute. and then cat ears and a tail. Oh, I but would we be would wearing have, a cat look, suit. We it's would going, wear it's going. The just thoughts like, are rolling. You, you could do like any outfit you want. Like I had this. Like I have a whole list of like cosplays I want to do. That's mm-hmm. I'm serious about it. Like th- this is why I'm best here. Mm-hmm. This is this is a personal thing for we needed this is, the confidence. Yeah, to we go need, ahead. I bring people over like. We've set up, like, I have an entire already, craft room, yeah, I have a garage. We, we've, already, we've already talked about Matsuri Con together mm-hmm. and going this year. Mm-hmm. We just haven't, like, made plans or anything. Well, we'll be there, so yeah, just well, show I'm up. Going, yeah, I'm going. just show up. And, and so <laughs> ready. feel the energy in the room. Just Yeah, yeah my idea is <laughs> the haters might sabotage me, but if we pull it off before Matsuri Con, they won't have time, bitch, because this doesn't come out for two weeks, and Matsuri Con's in six weeks, so. <gasps> yeah, oh. yeah. The haters will get, not sabotage me. We gotta me. get cracking. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the cat one that I had the idea with is really easy because you just wear a monochrome outfit that you're really oh, confident yeah. in. Yeah. And then all you need is cat ears and a tail and a moon on your forehead. Yep. I love that. And then Jeffrey Bezos helps with that. So. Hell Even yeah. if it's last minute. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So that, yep. that was my idea. Yeah. You're like, what are your costumes? Think I wouldn't have any. I give you details. Oh, plans. I figured you would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have an endless list of things I want to do. But it's fun just to come up with the ideas. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah I literally really will fun. go to the bar by myself and just like draw my costumes up. Do you like do you have trouble picking which ones you want to do when? Yeah. I mean, and I have a endless buckets of ones that I've started and never finished. Yeah. And, yeah. My, yeah. my old roommate was a cosplayer and they would literally always this is these the con- this quick conversation we had. <sighs> that's all they talk about is, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. Mm. And they just. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Every group, like, you're like, oh, okay, Mario Party. I'm like, okay, so you're going to be this one. You're going to be this one. You're going to be this one. Never comes to fruition. See, but if, uh, cosplay streamers on Twitch make so much more sense now because, like, it gets all that energy out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, I don't have to wait for a con. I'll dress up right. on a Tuesday. Literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love costumes. I love dressing up. I love a theme. And, like, co- like mm-hmm, cosplay is mm-hmm, super mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm not super into anime like I used to. I'm a very casual anime watcher. So, well, I wanted, I wanted to wrap up, too. Do you have... We, I've been starting to ask guests this if you have any questions for us. Well, other than what your cosplays are going to be, and I can help there you. There was. Yeah. You did yeah, that. yeah. I was like, I can help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We followed the outline good. I know. This was a yeah, very productive talk. Yeah. yeah. We, we're we're going to haters self- find you to yeah. sabotage you. Um, yeah. I don't even have like the catchy. I was like, maybe I should change my Instagram name. But because um, it's just Beth, but it's like two B's, E-T-H-H, 666. Great. Hail we'll Satan. just, we'll just have it in the, the link. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. I was like, it's yeah. nothing catchy. I was like, maybe I should change it, but. Nope, I'm on Instagram. Unconditional H? Conditional H. Conditional H, (laughs) yeah. I'm on TikTok for one video that I have about my costume, but that's about it. Cool. There might be more to come because, like, it did well. So, Can I be your social media manager? I mean, yeah, I guess. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm alright. I bet it. you'd be really good at that. I just don't do. If I did it for somebody else, I'd be fucking banging. If you yeah. expect act, me to actually give you content. There's the procrastination you'll probably never get. <laughs> well, I, I'm a photographer. I make the content for you. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. 
But yeah, oh, the, oh, the reason I had the idea for the little kid from Up because he has a camera. That was oh, my original yeah. idea from it. Oh my god, that would be cute. cute. You know how he has a camera and he yeah. can be Carl. He, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can just be Carl. I'll just be Carl. If <laughs> you use Kane, you already got the glasses and the demeanor. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Doug. Yes. Yeah, I'll be Doug. <laughs> Doug. Yeah. Okay. So cute. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for yeah. listening. Um, Beth, thank you so much for yeah, coming. No problem. Um, we will see you guys in a couple weeks for the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.